So we talked about speech structure, Fafio, but the other side is what we should be doing every day, which I called my easy threes, but I'll, I'll show you one of them, but I'm happy to talk about the others as well. Mm -hmm. The random word exercise. Pick a random word like light bulb, like tissue box, like cup, like trophy, and give presentations out of thin air. Hmm. And just do that over and over again. So what this does is it really puts somebody who's a non-native speaker English in a bad spot because they go, oh my God, I have to take cup and give a random presentation with zero prep. Shall we try? So that's, of course, yeah, give me any word. Welcome to Stolaroid Stories, a podcast that will help you improve your English through inspiring conversations and personal stories. I'm Fabio Cerpelloni. I'm a professional English teacher. Welcome to the show. Ready? Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 45 of Stolaroid Stories. Happy New Year. It's the 5th of January. As I'm recording this, so I hope you had a great start to 2023. In this episode, I'm so excited about this episode because it's something that uh, I've never done before on Stolaroid Stories. I've interviewed a public speaking coach. His name is Brendan Kumarazami. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Brendan is an experienced public speaking coach from Canada. He's the CEO of Master Talk, a company that helps you master your communication skills. He's a YouTuber. He has a popular YouTube channel that has nearly 30,000 subscribers and where he trains people to give effective presentations. He's now a successful YouTuber, but on his about page on his website, Brendan says this. Despite all the presentations I've given over my life, I still remember to this day how scared I was to post my first YouTube video. I didn't look like anything in my workshops or presentations, but I went ahead with this project for one reason. Impact. A wise friend once told me that I couldn't possibly coach every human being on earth with the limited time I had in my life, so I needed to go on video to share my message with the world. I got over my fear, practiced 100s of times on camera until I was finally able to say that I was YouTube ready. All is to say that, and this is what I really like, when you care about others and only want to add value, you'll be able to overcome any fear slash obstacle in the service of others. Lovely. Why should you listen to this episode? I think you will find this episode especially useful if you give presentations in English, if you give, if you host workshops, if you present at events, if you have to give presentations for work, um, or if you speak in public. You will find it especially useful because Brandon will give you very clear tips and advice on how to speak in public and, and also how to master your communication skills. But we also talked about the random word exercise, which is a great exercise that you can do for fluency development if you want to improve your fluency, your speaking more in general. And this is something that he actually made me do 
in the episode. So you will hear me do the um, the random word exercise. Brandon will also do it too. And and we also talked about accent and building confidence. I had a lot of fun talking to Brandon. You will hear us laugh and making jokes. I I I really had a great time recording this episode with him. He is very young. He's much younger than me, I think, but he's very experienced already. You will find all the links in the show notes. I will talk to you briefly at the end of the episode. Get ready now because it's story time. Enjoy my conversation with Brendan. All right, welcome, Brandon. Welcome to this episode of Storyroid Stories. It's a pleasure for me to have you here. Welcome. Hey, Fabio. The pleasure is absolutely mine. Thanks for having me. Brandon, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Brandon Kumarasamian, the founder of Master Talk. Master Talk is a YouTube channel and a coaching practice I started to help the world master the art of communication and public speaking. And how I got started, Fabio, was when I was in college. I went to business school and I did these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age were playing footy or rugby or some other sport, I was one of those guys. I did presentations competitively. That's how I learned how to speak. But then as I got older, I was coaching a lot of the students on how to communicate. And that's what led to the YouTube channel idea. Yeah, tell us, a, tell us a little bit about that. So you are a public speaking coach, right? You got it. So when I started the YouTube channel, I wasn't really a coach. I'd helped a lot of people in how to communicate. But I don't know you could do this as a profession. Like, I don't know you get paid to do this. So I actually started working in consulting. I had a job at IBM for many, many years before I, I jumped into this full time. But then as I was making videos for free, right, just to help the world... I eventually was able to attract a lot of executives and CEOs who wanted to work with me personally. I was like, oh, so is that how it works? And then (laughs) as I started working with them, I was able to build a business with my partners. And now I'm able to use that money to feed my family, but also make the YouTube videos and my content accessible to everyone in the world for free. Who are your clients normally? I would say most of my clients are, and that's what's interesting, is like there's a big difference between the person who watches my free content and the person who hires me, right? Because the person who buy, watches all of my videos, they have a lot of time, so they'll watch all my videos. Whereas somebody who's really, really busy, they might watch one video and go, this is a waste, I'd rather just hire the guy directly. Hmm. So a lot of my clients are usually CEOs, they're vice presidents at companies, they're successful coaches in other areas of life, like they're life coaches, they're career coaches. So those are usually my clientele in my private practice. Okay. So you said you help them communicate. What, what does that mean? Like, do you, do you teach them grammar? I don't, I don't think you teach grammar right or or vocabulary what what how do you work with them sure so i'd say most of the focus is on communication technique and delivery fabio so i'll give an example smiling vocal tone variety projection saying less ums and ahs whenever we speak dilating your eyes when you're communicating knowing how to look in the camera so a lot of that is really my focus. How do we fix all of that so we can get really, really good at communication? And for those groups, they make a lot of money 
through that so it makes sense for them to invest in it but for everyone else it's for our life right because communication is how do we make new friends it's how do we get along with the people around us it's about being a better father for our kids it's about being a better family member and when we look at communication that way it motivates us to get better i'm a fan of personal storytelling as a way to communicate I wonder what your opinion is about telling a personal story on stage to connect with your audience or in a class if you're a teacher or in a workshop if you're giving a workshop so what what's your opinion about that For sure Fabio so I love stories I think stories are fascinating There's two thoughts the first thought is what does personal story means because a lot of people think personal stories are you have to share something traumatic about your life and you have to go into a really sad moment that's not what personal means personal can be really funny it could be lighthearted it could be a small slice of life from the way that you've lived your life like I'll give an example one story I tell all the time in my keynotes is the blueberry story where I'm always in my basement I'm working all the time so I don't talk to my mother or my sister a lot So to keep the relationship every time I get blueberries upstairs I always ask them hey do you want some blueberries and they go yes so it's my way of building a relationship with them without investing a lot of my time so that's just a funny story it's just random it doesn't mean <laughs> but it it gives people a sense of how I live my life but then you have more the serious stories about you know how my left arm is crooked how I I lived my whole life speaking in a language I didn't know cuz French is actually my first language technically because I studied in French. So if I could be a great speaker anyone can. But really what I'm driving here Fabio is one personal just means personal to you. What's your comfort comfort zone? But the other piece is going every story should have a lesson first. Like what's the lesson first and then you find the story that matches the lesson you want to teach your audience. I have a book club around a book called Story Worthy by an American author. he calls it the 5 second moment so you need to have a 5 second moment of realization transformation that's where the message is and once you've found that 5 second moment you have you build the story around it and that's exactly what you said so these things keep coming up um yeah okay so you have a youtube channel it's quite popular right you've got thousands of followers Yeah, it's done well. Yeah. And uh do you also coach non-native speakers of English too? Correct. I would say a lot of my clients are dotted their English is their second language usually because that's why they invest because they want to get better at it because they have an accent or they're worried about it in the boardroom. So I would say a good a good percentage of them English is not their first language. Okay. And in your experience what what are some of the common difficulties that they have? For sure. I would say two things. One is mindset and the second one is how to practice, so structure. So let's start with mindset. You know, a lot of people ask me like how do I get rid of my accent? And the answer is you don't. Mm. Because it's all about the mirroring. Like let's say we take Jack Ma, right? Who's the CEO and fa- well, he's not the CEO anymore, but the founder of Alibaba. He has a super thick Chinese accent. But the real question is does anyone care? Mm. And the answer is no. Nobody cares. Mm. As long as Jack Ma doesn't care. But if Jack Ma cares and he goes on stage like, "Oh, I'm so sorry guys, my my accent is so bad." Then people will go, "Oh yeah, his accent is so bad." You're right. So it's all about knowing and realizing that as speakers we are mirrors. 
we project our own emotions onto the people we speak to. So if we believe that our accent isn't a problem, then our audience will never believe that it's a problem. Sundar Pichai is another great example of that, the guy who runs Google, right? He's very thick Indian accent, like people could watch this, but Sundar doesn't care what he's speaking. So that's the first piece, mindset. Realize that the accent isn't the problem, it's your mindset around your accent that is the problem. The second would you piece say, is... Yeah, yeah, so, sorry, Brendan. Would, would you say that the same is true for grammar, vocabulary? Because you, you mentioned accents or pronunciation. Would you say that this is true also in terms of vocabulary and grammar? Yes and no. So yes at the beginning of your journey, but grammar is easy to fix if you if you know how to focus on it. So for example, let's say you're delivering one speech and you make the same mistakes in five different words. Like don't just live with that. Just wake up every day and say each word a hundred times until it's perfect, mm. right? That's why I always like to say that the best way to learn pronunciation, which is a bit funny, is to learn languages you don't understand, to sing songs in languages you don't understand. Like that's a fun fact about me, Fabio, is I speak three languages, but I can karaoke in eight. Wow. So I know how to karaoke in Mandarin, in Korean, in Spanish, in Hindi, in Japanese. I know all I don't know these languages, but I can actually switch in those languages. So let, let me give you an example. So let's say good morning in Japanese is Ohayo Guzaimas, Genki Deska, which is how are you? Good morning. Right? It Italian, right? Buongiorno, come stai molto bene, Eli, right? Mm -hmm. Or French, bonjour, comment allez-vous aujourd'hui? Notice I'm switching between languages really fast, but my pronunciation's perfect across all three. But that's not something I was born with. I just sat there and I just kept pronouncing intos, right? Repetition. Mm. Okay, wow, I'm impressed. I didn't know you, you could karaoke in eight languages. Obviously, you don't know what you're saying, right? Or, Correct, 100%. Okay, it's just for fun, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, just for fun. <laughs> nice. So what was the second thing? So you mentioned mindset. What's the second one? Absolutely. So mindset's the first one. And the second piece is structure. So this is coming from experience, right? Because just to give people a backstory, the reason I'm fluent in French is because I grew up in Montreal in Canada. And for those who don't know, in Montreal, you need to know that language or else you can't, you can't do anything here. So my parents sent me to French school to get my education, even if I did not know the language. So my whole life, I struggled because I was presenting in a language I didn't know. I'd go up to my first grade classroom and go, hey, bonjour, comment allez-vous? Like I didn't know what I was doing. So I'm empathetic. That's, that's why I understand the subject really well, because I went through it. And the answer is really simple, Fabio. Three steps especially for a really important presentation. Number one is to always write the presentation in your first language. I don't care if it's Mandarin or Italian or you know French, just write it in your first language because you understand the culture and the nuance of that language better than any other. Hmm. Then what you do is you translate that script into English, which is usually what your second language is. And then after we, we translate it, we do what I call a vocabulary test, which is number three. We take the script, we present it to native speakers of English. Ha! Huh. Native speakers of so English. So not to me. Not to you. Why no. not? <laughs> unless, I'll tell you what. Unless, unless, by the way, I mean, people can still present to you, Fabio. I'm just giving you best practice. Okay. So for example, if I want to give a presentation in Italian, 
I'll ask you. Like, for example, when I came to Italy, what is it, 2013, such a long time ago, I would ask other Italians, like, how's my pronunciation until people were convinced I was Italian, right? <laughs> so, because that's your native language. But the reason I like English native easier is because it's easier for them to find the mistakes. That's all. Somebody who's not a native speaker in English can still do it. Like if you're doing that for people, absolutely. I'm sure you're doing great work. Like it's not, it's not a problem. <laughs> it's just easier. So that's why. So that's what I have people do. So then what they do is they go, these are the seven mistakes you made in English because this is what you're supposed to say. And they just fix it. That's all. All right. So all my students now are going to a native speaker of English. You're you're ruining my business, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your English is very good, Fabio, so it's not... No, I'm joking. It's not, joking. It's not bad at all. <laughs> right. Okay, so the three steps. Uh, can you list them again? So write, write up your presentation word by word. Yes. The okay. first couple of times. The first couple of times. So, so think about like this, Fabio. It's like training wheels on a bike. You know, we used to ride those four-wheel bikes. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step. So for me, that's what I did when I was a kid. I would, whenever I had to present in French, I'd always write it in English first, because English is, is technically my first language, technically. And then I would translate it to French, and then I would present it to French people. They would say, this is wrong, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, you can't say, uh, like, anyways, that wouldn't make sense in French, but like, I can't say contact de l'oeil, like it doesn't make sense. That's the direct translation of eye contact in in the French language. Uh -huh. So people whose native language is French, they would just fix all of that. So that's what I would recommend for people as well. Write in your first language, translate it into English, then present it to English native speakers or Fabio, one or the other, <laughs> right? And then, <laughs> and then what happens is over time, you don't need it anymore. Like I, I keynote in French now and I don't, I don't write out my speeches anymore, but it's because I practiced a lot. Okay, so once I've got that script, the script is correct. So how do you translate it, first of all? Do you use like basic tools like Google Translate? Yeah? That's the way I do it. Okay. I, I wouldn't overthink this too much. It's not like uh -huh. a sophisticated exercise of okay. hiring a professional. So what I did literally, and back then it was much harder. When mm. I was, what, 12 years old, 13, Google Translate sucked. Yeah. But uh, but now it's super sophisticated. Like back then I would like use translate and I would ask colleagues, like colleagues, other 12 year olds. Hey, <laughs> what do you think of like, how do I do this? But now Google Translate is so good. Mm -hmm. Like it even tells you how to pronounce the words. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's like a whole other level now. So yeah, Google Translate's just fine. Okay. And once I've got the script in, in English, what should I do? Should I memorize word by word? Because if I think if I have to memorize every single word i would go on stage and freeze like oh my god so what what's the strategy here i i love these nuanced questions that nobody asks you so i'm glad you're, you're asking so here's the first piece the first part is to actually read the script without ever memorizing it with the with the paper in front of you but there's a very specific reason why i recommend this because hmm. that's not what we're going to do on stage the reason i recommend this is to make sure your pronunciation is 10 out of 10. So what I'm trying to figure out is what are the 10 to 15 words that you're having trouble pronouncing? So then when somebody reads it, literally with the paper in front of them, I go, okay, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And then they fix it until they keep reading it until the whole thing's perfect. Then when their pronunciation's perfect on those words, 
I rip apart the paper and I go now present it. And it's okay if it's not perfect. That's the way you do it. So now they'll still make mistakes with the words, but the number will go down dramatically. So instead of making a mistake in their pronunciation, let's say 20% of the time, it's going to go down to 5%, which means no one will notice anyways. Okay, okay. So it's all about practicing, as always, and not being perfect, right? Because when you're on stage, I mean, I've never presented on stage, but when you're on stage, you know, you... I, people feel normally, if if it's your first time, people would feel quite anxious. So there are a lot of things that they have to think about what to say, how they're moving. Um, but it's not about being perfect, you're saying. So being correct. Okay. Okay. All right, Brendan, let's take a one minute break. We'll be right back. Okay, in the second half of the conversation, Brendan will talk about how to practice giving presentations by doing the random word exercise. This is something that he will do and I will do it too. So you will hear us both doing this exercise. And he will also talk about confidence and anxiety. I'd like to invite you to my private email list while we are here. I send out one email a week with stories, tips, book recommendations, events, free stuff that I prepare, that I create for you. If you want to join, the link is in the show notes. If you're an advanced learner of English who wants to keep making progress, if you like reading non-fiction books, if you like to keep improving by telling personal stories, you will find the things that I send out by email quite useful, I think. All right, let's go back to our conversation with Brandon. So for me, my my philosophy is, because I don't just like practice, it's very surface level, right? Like, what does that mean? So I think for me, it's more about saying, we need to do what's harder than the speech so that the speech becomes easy. So we talked about speech structure, Fabio, but the other side is what we should be doing every day, which I called my easy threes, but I'll I'll show you one of them, but I'm happy to talk about the others as well. Mm -hmm. The random word exercise. Pick a random word like light bulb, like tissue box, like cup, like trophy, and give presentations out of thin air. Hmm. And just do that over and over again. So what this does is it really puts somebody who's a non-native speaker English in a bad spot because they go, oh my God, I have to take cup and give a random presentation with zero Shall prep. we try? So that's, of course, yeah, j- give me any word. Uh, no, no, I, I, I want to try. Sure, but I'll be a leader, so I'll try first. Okay. Because I, I should I should be the leader, right? Because right. I'm the ex- I'll give you the word bottle. Bottle. Okay, amazing. So now I'm giving a presentation with the word bottle. So here I go. It's Sunday morning, and I'm staring, not just at my cup of tea that I love enjoying every morning, but at my bottle. Because I can fill it up with water, tea, coffee, anything that I enjoy so that I can have it for the rest of the day. You know what I find interesting about bottles, Fabio, is that a lot of people discount it. We never realize how amazing of an invention the bottle really is. What would we do without bottles? When we go to a beach, we wouldn't have water to drink. When we go out, we wouldn't have anything. Yet, we take it for granted like we do with the laptop that we're using to do this episode, the podcasting gear, the amazing food that we get to eat. So what's the message here? The message here, Fabian, is to find 
that one thing that you're taking for granted today. Spend some time in gratitude for it. For your computer mouse, for your bottle, for your water bottle, and you might find at the other side of that gratitude that life will just be a lot more fulfilling. That's the random word exercise. That's it. Brandon, you should sell bottles, I think. <laughs> you should, should, find, should find a job selling bottles. I want to try, but I'm sure. I mean, this is how many years. So how, how long have you been practicing this? Like giving presentations? No, no. You said, Before we answer that question, let's, let's, let's have you do it. So uh, do languages. Languages? <sighs> Brandon, what will we do without languages? <laughs> We wouldn't be able to communicate. We wouldn't have relationships without languages. But people are so obsessed with being correct, with accuracy. And this is not the point. Language is about communication. Language is about conveying meaning and express who you are. Because you are unique. Your thoughts, your stories, your accent... This is you, Brandon. Don't feel small in front of anybody, Brandon, because of your language skills. So what's the message here, Brandon? Learn languages and have fun. Wow, that was really, really good, Fabio. The reason I Thank forced you. you to do it, of mm. course, the reason I forced you to do it is because that actually proves the point. You were actually really good on your first try. Because most of the time when people say languages, they go, uh, uh, a language is uh, uh, English. That's how it starts usually. Mm. But so it's, my, it's my field, you know, I'm a language teacher, so probably, okay. But thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> there you go. Of course, you should, you should. But I think the point that I want to drive here is not to compare yourself to me because I've done it 3,000 times, right? To your point, you've been asking me how many years I've been doing it. Uh -huh. But I always tell my clients and people should implement the same advice for themselves is the first 100 times it doesn't count. So in other words, what I'm saying is the goal is not to do it well. The goal is to do it a lot. So it's kind of like fitness, right? When you go to a gym, it's not about saying, what's my calorie intake? What's my diet? No, it's, are you walking 15 minutes a day? Because if you're not walking 15 minutes a day, the, everything else doesn't matter. So it's the same thing with the random word. Don't judge yourself. And the best way to not judge yourself is do this with kids if you have any. Because when you give a five-year-old the random word exercise, Fabio, they don't sit there and go, Fabio, I'd love for us to have a discussion on how this random word exercise will impact the judgment of the other kindergartners at my school. No, you, <laughs> dude, she just looks at you and go, bacon. Uh, so I had bacon for breakfast and it was so good. Like, that's it. And that's the lesson we learned from kids. Fantastic. Yeah. It, can you repeat what you said? Uh, the point is not doing it. What did you say? The point is not doing it. Perfect. Well, well, okay. Yeah, so the goal and perfectly is fine too. Uh -huh. So the goal is not to be perfect. The goal is not to do it well. The goal is to do it a lot. Okay. So you get points on how many times you do it. So the first hundred times, I don't care if it sucks. It's literally, are we just doing it? And by the way, Fabio, a hundred times, as you just demonstrated, doesn't take that long. Mm. Took you a minute to do it once. Five minutes a day is all I ask, Fabio. Five minutes. You do it five times, in three weeks, you'll have done it a hundred times. True. And that's the problem, is most people aren't willing to do it for three weeks. That's it. And that's why they come to you, I guess. 
I guess to force them, yeah. Some some people need a personal trainer, but you know my mission, Fabio, is I want people to do this without me too. It's like it's mm-hmm. it's easy. Just do it in the shower. Have people. Obviously, if you're an executive, you need that accountability. I'm the, the craziest personal trainer in the world because trust me, I'll force you because I'll break your arm if you don't do it a hundred times. <laughs> wow. But uh, yeah, it's very it's a different level of intensity. But what I would say for people listening to this, you know, do this with each other. You know, for your groups, Fabio, you should start. Everyone starts like a random word before you start class or something. And that's just a great way. You don't need me to do it. I think it's more, I want everyone to do it. That's the goal. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually a fluency exercise too. Uh, I used to do it when I taught in, in, in the physical classrooms. Like we would just write random words on pieces of paper and uh, they would pick one. And they had to talk about about what the noun, the proper noun that was on the piece of paper for thirty seconds, and that forces you to you know to speak. Um, it's fluency. This is fluency um, development. And so you were mentioning three things. You said the the random word exercise, and then the other two. You're a great listener. Man. I love it. So you're right. Thank you. Thank so you. <laughs> before I jump into those, yeah. So the context I want to share with the group, Fabio, is communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. One of those balls is eye contact. One of them is smiling. One of them is facial expressions, body language, storytelling. That's why a lot of us get confused because we don't know which ball to pick up or which one to juggle. So the question for me has always been, what are the three easiest balls to juggle? Because if we do that, we build momentum. So we talked about ball one, which is the random word exercise. Now let's go to ball two. Ball two is the question drill. So we get asked questions all the time in our life, Fabio. School, work, podcasting, family. But most of us are reactive to those questions. We're not proactive. Example, a few years ago when I started guesting on podcasts, I sucked, Fabio. I remember some guy asked me, Hey, Brendan, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at the guy and I said, Rome, London, Los Angeles. That's where the fear comes from, probably. So I didn't know the answer, basically. Okay, I didn't get it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So, some people get my joke, some people don't, right? So the question was, where does the fear of communication come from? So it might come from your childhood, it might come from school. And I answered like a location. I was like, yeah, it comes from uh, Vienna. <laughs> It comes from the center of Vienna. Just go there. That's where all the fear is. So now you got it. Okay, great. So anyways, yeah. the point is, is I wasn't re- I was reactive, not proactive. So what did I do differently? Every single day, Fabio, I wrote down one question that I thought somebody would ask me about communication, and I just answered it. And you could have your audience give you these questions too. But if you do that once a day, just with one question, for a year you'll have answered 365 questions about your industry, about your life, about your expertise. You'll be bulletproof. That's exercise number two. Brilliant. I, I used to do that when I was in London because my English wasn't that good at the time. And when I had to call the bank, I would, I would think... What are they going to ask me? Because I was terrible on the phone. So you're like, Dovi la banca. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So on the bank, you know, I had to talk about my bank account. I was an intermediate speaker of English. 
And the first couple of times I panicked because I couldn't understand people on the phone. But then I thought, okay, now let's see. Let's see if I can predict the questions that they're going to ask me. It went better than than before, than not being prepared. Uh, and I think it's a useful exercise. Okay, what's number three? Absolutely. So number three... It's, it's kind of funny, as a side note, as you were saying in London, I was like, so why did you stop when you, can you only do the question drill in London? That was kind of the thought I had in my mind. Uh, no, sure. because because I, then my English improved, so I could also ah. understand, yeah, because you, you don't have enough background information here. I went to London in 2011, that's when I started learning English, okay, gotcha. seriously, and um so that's why on the phone I wasn't confident. I couldn't. I, I I just panicked. But then, as I, you know, as I grew more confident, then I didn't need to prepare questions. I just, I could speak on the phone. I was able to do it. Hmm. Love that man. That's great. That's that's the story that we all need to hear. Which brings us to number three. But it, Number three is very simple. Make a list of three to five people you really love, and you can do this with your clients or your family, Fabio. And just send them a 20-second video message just saying how grateful you are for them, how amazing they are in your life, and it makes their day. And the reason I love these video messages, Fabio, is it teaches us a very valuable lesson. Because most people listening to this are thinking, well, I'm not a great speaker. I make a lot of mistakes. But what you'll learn is when you send people a video, they reply with, oh, my God, like nobody sent a video message to me before. This really made my day. Like, thanks for saying that. Like, for example... What I do is have client kids, like eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds, send video messages to their distant relatives. And then what they get back, they go, wow, my God, I got a video message. They don't care if you're making mistakes. And that teaches us a valuable lesson about what communication is for. Because a lot of us think communication is a chore, like doing the dishes. Whereas what this teaches us is like, wait a second. Wow. Like I can make it, I don't need to be Oprah. I don't need to be Brene Brown. I don't need to be Tony Robbins to make an impact. I can just send video messages all day to people wishing them happy holidays. And that's more than enough to create an impact for people. I think that's really powerful. But the messages, <clears throat> should the messages be in their first language or in the language that they're practicing? <laughs> <laughs> I have never been asked that question before. That is such a good question. I would say the answer is both. So I would start with the language that that person is comfortable in, the person we're sending it to. And then when we're comfortable getting better, so I would start your first language and then move to your second. But that's an excellent question that I hadn't considered and I will add that to my materials moving forward. So very You good. see, you're not bulletproof, not 100% bulletproof. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I do this. <laughs> okay, Brandon, very useful advice. I want to ask you, uh, a couple of questions that one of my listeners asked me to ask you, because I said sure. that this is a woman who runs workshops in English. And uh, I told her that I was going to interview a public speaking coach. So she sent me these questions. I'm going to read them out. The last half an hour before my workshop starts, I have to calm down. I use a self-help tapping and breathing method before I start. But since I also teach this method in my workshop to overcome 
anxiety and stress, I also practice it in my workshops. Which method does so which method do, do you suggest to prepare oneself for the stage? Do you practice some voice exercises? This is her question. For sure, for sure, Fab. It's a great one. And and thanks for that. Here's here's what I would say. My opinion about anxiety and all that stuff has always been when we do what's harder outside of the stage, the stage becomes easier. So like the reason I'm not worried about being on a podcast is because I've guested on just too many shows to the point where I'm just super calm now. And that's the advice I give for people who are preparing for stages. So what does that mean? Let's say we take the random word exercise. If you do the random word exercise, Fabio, like two, three hundred times, and you're giving a talk on a presentation you've prepared for and that you understand perfectly, that presentation becomes a joke. You're like, I, I talked about avocados yesterday, and now I have to talk about how to like help people with their English? Like, come on, I do this every day. Like, this is easy. So so there's a there's a relative frame. That's why Dan Henry always says that competence leads to confidence. I'm actually one of those few coaches in my industry who doesn't like deep breathing, who doesn't like power posing. I don't think that stuff works. Because it solves the symptom, not the core issue, which is this. The anxiety will always be there. I started Master Talk in my mother's basement with no money in my pocket, with a bachelor's degree in accounting, with a broken left arm, speaking in a second language, and a like all of those knocks at the age of 22. And I coach people who are triple my age. Where did I get that confidence? Where did that come from? Vienna. So for me, it wasn't about sorry <laughs> Vienna. <laughs> Verona. Yeah, Verona. I came from Verona. Uh, then Soreto. Yeah. Sorry. Anyways, no, sorry, sorry. I had to say it. Sorry. <laughs> that was hilarious. So where did it come from? Where it came from is an understanding that we cannot eliminate the fear, but rather we need to manage it like a marriage. We need to manage the relationship. I'll give you an example. Let's, let's say we take the boxing match, you know, boxing, right? Mm. So one side of the match is the fear, right, Fabio? The anxiety, the stress around communication. And the other side of the ring is the message. Why is this important? The goal is not for the fear to leave the ring. The goal is to make sure that when that bell rings and your fear and your message meet in the middle, that your fear gets the knockout punch. Sorry, that was wrong. That your message gets the knockout punch and wins the match. That's the key. So for me, yeah, was I scared to post my first YouTube video? Yeah, I looked like a kid. I still look like I'm 12 years old, right? But why did I push myself? Because of the 15-year-old girl who can't afford a communication coach. Think about it, Fabio. If you're 15 years old, who do you have? You can't hire a coach. You can't go up to the 55-year-old PhD on YouTube. He's too boring for you. You're not going to listen to that. So it's either I make the videos or nobody else does. So my message, it's not that my fear, I was fearless. <laughs> That's not, a, not that I was a Superman. No, my message was just way more important than the fear. So I made it work. I love this concept of anxiety is the result of not having enough confidence. Because if you're confident, you're not, you don't get anxious. Right. Hmm. Okay. Absolutely. And and let me break that down even more because I know you, you love nuanced answers. Why do I feel no stress now when I coach the CEO of a million dollar company who's like in his fifties? 
the reason's really simple, and it has nothing to do with me being a superman, me going to the gym every day. I've just outworked him. I just go up to that CEO, and he goes, what do you know, kid? And I just look at him and go, how many times have you done the random word exercise in your life? They go, what is that? Hmm. And I go, exactly. Let's, let's do a random word exercise right now. I'm more aggressive with them, and let's see who's better. Same thing with the question drill. How many question drills have you done in your life? And the CEO's like, uh, what's a question drill? I've never heard of this. And I go, exactly. That's why I'm better than you. Same thing with the video message. Do you send video messages to your employees, Mr. CEO or Mrs. CEO? They go, no, why would I send video messages? It's like, that's how you increase loyalty in your business. So I just know more than they do in that field. And that's the key, is you gotta just keep doing the reps. That's my advice. Thank you, Brandon. It's been, it's been very interesting. Uh, where can people find you? Absolutely. This is super fun. Thanks for having me, Fabio. So two ways to keep in touch. The first one is the YouTube channel. Just go to Master Talk and you'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to communicate ideas to the world. And the second one is to attend one of my free workshops. So I do a free communication workshop over Zoom. And this is live. This is live, interactive. I'm on the call. And you can see all of the tips that we talked about live in person with me doing it on Zoom. So if you want to jump in on that, go to rockstarcommunicator.com. I'll put this in the show notes. Thank you, Brandon. It's been uh, nice really interesting. And uh, <laughs> I, I want to practice now uh, tonight when my, girlfriend's, when my girlfriend comes home, I'm going to practice the random word exercise. Give me a word. Give me a word. Like now? Uh, pasta. Pasta is what you should have right now because I'm really hungry. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Brandon. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks. All right. I really had a great time talking with Brandon. I think he gave very useful tips there. If you want to get in touch with Brandon, the link to his YouTube channel is in the show notes. Also, the link to his website is in the show notes. So you can get in touch with him and maybe attend one of his workshops. And of course, you are welcome to join my private email list because I'm not on social media that much. So that's a way to keep in touch with me and get some useful content if you are an advanced learner of English. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope that you will join the next episode of Stolaroid Stories with another true story. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye.